Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hello, and welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple in Under 10 Minutes. This is the podcast where we take the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can start taking action today. Today, we're going to be talking about the equity split, and we're going to be demystifying this most critical of concepts in under 10 minutes. So, Dan, what is the equity split? We did it. We had a couple false starts on this one, but that was an excellent intro. That's a good question. Yeah, sometimes I feel bad that our listeners can't be in the room with us as we're recording these podcasts sometimes because there's a lot of great bloopers. Yeah, there's great ones and there's horrible ones, all of them. But the last one was maybe not such a good it one. It was enjoyable for us. But here we are. We've it made been it frustrating for listeners. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> the equity <That's> <laughs> split. Uh, what the heck is that? So if you are shopping around for investments, specifically uh, in real estate syndication deals, you are going to see some kind of equity split somewhere in the deal. And that's usually going to be some combination of numbers like 70-30, 75-25, 80-20, 90-10. And basically what that is, is it's how the equity is distributed between the limited partners and the general partners. And if you've watched other content that we've put out on this topic, a general partner is the operator of the deal and the limited partner is the passive investor who's putting their capital in to get returns, but they're not doing any of the actual uh, work on the deal completely passive. So an equity split is just basically how the total equity of the project is split between those two groups of investors. And side note, sometimes there's a third group if there's, you know, maybe multiple share classes, but I digress. Yeah, that gets a little bit a little bit too complicated, I think, for the purposes of our conversation today. But at its most fundamental, the equity split is just a way of saying, hey, how much do you get and how much do I get of this deal? And so that's between the general partners and the limited partners. And the most common structure that I've seen is usually around a 70-30 split, sometimes a 75-25, sometimes 80-20, but it usually floats in that range. And in that structure, that's saying 70% of the equity of this building is going to you, the limited partners, which will be divided pro rata based on how much you invested. And 30% is gonna go to the general partners in exchange for their time, their expertise, their their knowledge and putting together their deal and um, you know putting up the earnest money and all those types of things. And so when the money comes back in the terms of a return, let's say our quarterly distributions or at the end of the project when we go to sell the building, we're gonna take all of those proceeds and they're gonna get split up based along the lines of that equity split. So if there is $100,000 of profit, let's say, and it's a 70-30 split, then 70% of that, uh, what is that, $70,000? I can do math. 70000 is going to go to the LPs and the other 30000 is going to go to the GPs. So 
that's the equity split. Easy peasy, easy peasy. And we kind of talked about this on our episode where we talked about uh, preferred returns. You know, a common question might be like, what's a good equity split? Assuming uh, an 80-20 or 90-10 would be ideal because the limited partner is getting more of the deal in that scenario. Is that an accurate uh, assumption? Is, or is that a correct assumption to make? That's a really good question, actually. And I think a lot of people assume the higher amount that they get, it, like, oh, 80% um, is better than 70%, which isn't really the case. The way that you want to look at it is more through the lens of, is this deal providing the returns I expect out of it? Uh, is that hitting my, you know, my, my threshold of, I'd like to see X number of cash on cash return and a Y percentage of internal rate of return. If it's hitting those metrics, then it doesn't really matter what the equity split is. It could be a 90-10, and that could be delivering only a 12% IRR. On the other hand, it could be a 60-40 split, and it could be delivering a 25% IRR. So it just depends on the strength of the deal. I don't get too hung up on the actual numbers of the equity split as long as it's hitting my expectations. Yeah, I think if anything, you can interpret an equity split that is very heavily weighted towards the limited partners as a deal that might not have quite as much meat on the bone. And the operators are doing that in order to give investors the returns that they're expecting, meaning they, they need to give them more of the deal in order to hit the return expectations. Not that that's a bad thing. Obviously, the, the operator is trying to give most of the profits to the investors, but that also implies that there's not a, a lot of wiggle room there where if something goes uh, south, the general partner can't really, you know, jump in to, to help out there. If if everything's already going to the limited partners, they don't have much wiggle room there if they need to, you know, put some extra capital in to keep things rolling. It's, you know, it's you're, it's kind of a razor thin margin you're operating on. Exactly. And I, I feel I would feel more uncomfortable, I think, with a deal that's giving disproportionately too much to the LPs, say like in the case of a 90-10, that's scary to me because it means that the deal probably wasn't strong enough to justify a, a you know a, a more equitable split. And what that means then is that when time gets rough and the, maybe the deal isn't returning how it should, there's not going to be a lot there for the GPs to incentivize them to continue on because they're not really making any money at that point, right? Like 10% of zero is, is not very much. Yeah, I mean, really, you can look at the equity split as also the skin in the game that each party has. You know, if they've only got, you know, 10% of the equity and you have 90%, you have, you know, you've got your skin in the game. They don't seem to have a whole lot of skin in the game there. And that's usually a, a red flag. Not for everything. Not always. But it's it's something to look at and say, okay, yeah, if the deal has like, say, a 90-10 split, which we're harping on, like that really high split, and we'll talk about the contra of that in just a second. But an interesting thing to look at there would be to say, what do the fees look like? Are they charging a really big acquisition fee, big asset management fee? Is that how they're actually earning their money in this deal? And then they're justifying it by giving 90% of the equity to the, the LPs. That might be kind of a sneaky way to make the deal work, so you want to be on the lookout for that. But on the flip side of it, you know, a deal could be 60-40. Um, and that, for me, would typically signal that's probably a pretty strong deal. If they can afford to only give 60% of the equity to the LPs and it's still hitting like a, a, a good enough return metric that investors are actually funding the deal, then that's probably a pretty strong deal. But it could also and mean that they're... Go ahead. I was going to say, and you're very much aligned when the split is a little bit more weighted towards the general partners as well, because then they're more incentivized to actually have that equity perform. In that other example you described where you've got the 90-10 split and there's a lot of fees in there, that guy's basically getting all of his uh, fiscal incentive on day one to close the transaction. And then after that day is 
over. I mean, most of his that that's where he made his money. At that point, the deal could go any which way. He got the transaction. That's basically what he was in it for. And in the other situation, we've got a a, a more um, even split, slightly more equal split. You know, not even, but a little bit more heavily weighted towards general partners. They're in it for the long haul, right? They're probably not making as much as on fees on the front end. They're looking for that deal to actually perform and to have a really good exit, which works for everybody. Exactly. Exactly. And there are some ways that we can get really convoluted with the equity split. We like to keep things really simple for the most part in the deals that we put together and just have a straight, you know, 70-30 or 75-25 split. But there are ways that we can structure in waterfalls and catch-up provisions. And what this is really saying is, let's say up to 10% return, the LPs are going to get all of that money. And then from 10% to 15% return, now the equity split is going to shift. And it's going to shift from, say, 70-30 for the first 10% to now it's maybe shifting to 50-50. And so this is a way of incentivizing the GPs if they are hitting certain return hurdles and metrics along the course of the deal that they get more and more skin in the game. They stand to benefit from adding more and more value. Yeah, it really incentivizes the operators to make that deal perform as well as possible because they do exponentially better as the deal does better, which works out well for everybody. What's what's the downside, though, of a, of a waterfall structure? The marginal benefit decreases for the limited partner since the general partner is going to be taking bigger pieces of the pie. So it's, I guess you could just picture a, a gradual kind of a line going up and then kind of the, the slope decreases as the numbers get bigger, basically. So you're still making more money, but the rate at which you're making money um, starts to decrease as it goes up. And it can also be a way of uh, making an overly convoluted deal can make it really confusing very, very easily. So be on the lookout for that too. But in general, that is going to be the equity split in under. Yeah, a good rule of thumb, oh. just before you oh. get to that on the whole convoluted thing, a good rule of thumb is if you don't understand it, don't do it. Yes, that's Warren Buffett's rule, right? Like don't invest in any business that you don't understand. Understand it before you sign. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's really good advice. So any anything else? Can I... Can I conclude? Okay, here we go. Okay, so that's going to do it for us here, guys, at Multifamily Investing Made Simple in under 10 minutes. Before you take off, do us a favor. Go and leave us a review over at iTunes or Google or wherever you're listening to this. Your feedback, it means the world to us, guys. We appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.